Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Nate. This is the Nate Show podcast. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. Be sure to follow along on social media at the Nate Show on Facebook and at that's Nate Cox on Instagram. You can also ask Alexa or Siri to play the Nate Show podcast, and she'll start playing it. How about that? So thank you for tuning in. Let's get to it. I am joined right here by Lance Adams, and it's funny because I was thinking that my beard was looking good, and then Lance popped up on my screen, and then, you know, not so much. But uh, Lance is a really cool dude. I've got to work with him a few times. I met him out in Knoxville around the middle of the year last year, done some comedy stuff, and we did a, a Game of Thrones roast, which was a lot of fun as well. And he was, uh, you know, cool enough to let me be on his uh, podcast, Deadbeat Radio, through Outlander Media. But um, I'll go ahead and let him take it away, Lance. Just go ahead and introduce yourself. Say hey to the people. Thanks, Nate. Uh, honored to be here, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, you were a great guest on Debbie Radio. Every time Thank I you. got a chance to work with you, it's been awesome. So uh, uh, I was uh, truly honored when you asked me to come do this. Oh, I appreciate that, man, for sure. So um, for people that don't know, I, I kind of want you to tell your story. I don't want to tell it for you. So what kind of stuff do you do out there? Like I said, you're in the Knoxville area, but what kind of stuff are you into? Because I see you so many different places. So Right. Um, so uh, I've been a stand-up comedian for the last uh, seven years or so. Uh, love doing that, which is, I guess, how we originally come together. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in that, I do. Uh, we haven't done so many of them lately, but uh, I, I got into doing the roasts. Uh, Knoxville's comedy scene was um, really popular with its uh, parody roasts, um, where, for example, they did the roast of Batman, and everybody came in characters and roasts. Uh, Comedy Central roast of a William Shatner or a Donald Trump or whoever. Same kind of thing, but in character. So it added a layer of silliness to it, a little extra comedy to it. Um, People would actually give a shit about characters that they didn't give a shit about the actual people portraying them. So it gave us some validity, I suppose. Uh, And uh, the first one we did that I was a part of, I'd seen them, I loved them. I was still, you know, two, three months at an open mic. I was like, oh, I love these. And then they did the roast of Hulk Hogan. And I love pro wrestling, uh, big uh, old school wrestling fan. At the time, I had my head shaved, but had the uh, what's commonly called a goatee, but is actually a Van Dyke, just a mustache and goatee. Yep. So it was perfect. And I, Jeff Blank was running them, who uh, has been a, a major inspiration and instrumental in my comedy uh, career. Uh, I was like, please, please, please let me do Stone Cold. Please, please, please. Um, and that he was like, I don't know, maybe eh, nobody really knows you. You're still real new. I don't know if you could do this. I was like, bro, look at me. I promise you. He was like, all right, we'll give you a shot. They put me on first kind of, I guess, you know, let the kid bomb that way. If uh, I was still the old man of the group, but, uh, you know, the spiritual kid, uh, let him bomb and we can recover. Uh, I came out doing my best stone cold, just giving it hell. Let me one beer, two beer. And it was amazing. <laughs> and I, I, it was one of the best things I'd ever done, uh, and it, it solidified my name at least locally. And yeah. uh, so I got uh, kind of associated with the roast for a long time. I love doing them. I love character work. Uh, I'm a clown. I'm an actor uh, at heart, I guess. And so I love you know doing the dress up and 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 trying to get the voice right. And the next one we did was uh, the roast of Axl Rose, uh, and uh, they asked me to do Rob Halford, uh, and that was great classic rock and roll icon uh and so i had all my leather and did everything had it right my wife sharpied tattoos on the side of my head uh i had on my chaps and my jeans and my leather jacket and all night i'd worn this long you know rob halford overcoat and kind of sailor's hat and uh, came my turn to roast i stood up 
again, classic gay icon, have to be a little diva about it, took my hat off, took my coat off, walked to the podium, and all the comedians realized I had cut the ass out of my jeans. And so for eight minutes, they have to stare at my bare ass that I've been hiding all night. I get done, I step out from the podium, bow to the audience, or bow to the, yeah, bow to the audience, turn and bow to the dais. The audience finally gets the call back of what the comedians have been go. laughing at. <laughs> and so it was done. Everybody was like, "Yep, your 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 roasts are uh, 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 you're forever one of the roasters." And so that's how you and I met was yeah. at the Game of Thrones, where I came as the Starbucks cup. Yeah, that I, I vividly remember that. I couldn't really see you though because of my, and it makes no sense because of my Spider Man mask. But then when I took it off, I was like, "Oh, he's just wearing the coffee cup. That's great." So yeah, yeah, I made it out of a trash can, and ironically, to bring it full circle. The only thing I'm wearing outside of that trash can is the wrestling trunks I yeah. bought for Stone Cold during that first roast. <laughs> yeah, you and I bonded over the wrestling thing like the day that we met. Um, I don't watch anymore. Do you watch now? Do you still um, keep up with the new Monday slash Wednesday Night Wars or whatever it is? So I'm kind of hit or miss with it. Some weeks I'll sit and watch, but for the most part, I mean, I'll still check results. I mean, I'm on the network, like the WWE Network, so I go back and watch a lot of old stuff. Like I had it for a few months for that very reason, and like the the Broken Skull sessions and the documentaries. Yeah. I watched the shit out of the documentaries on there, but I don't watch current product anymore. I, I, I don't know. I just did, I got out of it. Don't seem to uh, have the desire anymore. Yeah, I don't have a guy to follow. I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a guy. I don't have the guy that that's who I come in to watch. That's the T-shirts I buy. That's the action figures I hunt. I just don't have a guy, and I think that's the big problem. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I was actually thinking about that the other day, like with the current product. I was like, I don't know who my favorite. Like, if I had to pick one, like rock his T-shirts or something, I don't know who it would be. I don't know that I really. Other than Chris Jericho, that's really the only one that he's been around forever. So yeah, not a fan necessarily, but um, major. Respect. Love Jericho, what yeah. he does. Uh, I just, it's not my thing. And there's a ton of people like that, excuse me, where I'm I'm, I'm appreciative and uh, a great, uh, I like to see my guy wrestle that guy, you know, because I don't care about that person. The Rock was a great one. I don't like The Rock, not a Rock. I'm a Stone Cold guy, so I'm legally obliged to hate The you Rock. Gotta, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I still think he's amazing. Love to see what he does. Love to see it when the guys that I love wrestle him. I'm still going to watch, even though I'm not buying that T-shirt. Uh, I, I probably would buy that action figure, but nonetheless. Uh, yeah, I just um, I've been telling some of my friends like I've just really wanted to start get back into like collecting wrestling figures again because I used to have a good collection. They're great um, quality ass, superb. Yeah. Um, I had like boxes full back in the day and then they got left at an ex-girlfriend's house and I have no idea what happened to them or where they are. So, uh, I'm blessed. Kids have mine now. So I get that dad moment of seeing my memories live a second life. Yeah. That's what's up. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here kind of selfishly is just because you're one of the few people that I know that like will like actually talk wrestling with me. No, anytime. There's <laughs> it. like none of my other friends want to talk about it ever. So I still, I still love the art and the, yeah. uh, the, the. I like the whole show, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. As a wrestling fan um, from childhood, I love the art completely. I love the drama, the fake sport. Um, I like the 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 Montreal Screwjob is a good example for anybody who doesn't know. Go yeah. look that up, but. That's a good example of, man, that's an employer screwing an employee over on live television. And so the behind the scenes 
drama is just as good as the scripted fake superhero drama um and i love all of it i love knowing the way it really works and the way it looks like like a magician who knows how a card trick is done um i i love knowing how they talk to each other in the ring how they the whole or how they 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 take a bump without crushing their skull i find that's the fascinating i love every aspect of the the art you and I actually worked a wrestling show together. or well, kind of worked together yeah, a few weeks ago. Fun. Yeah, Rush Wrestling. Yeah, out. we did it on Clinton. Yeah, on, uh, put on by Al Intermedia Network, uh, an indie show in the middle of a pandemic outbreak. That's got to yeah. be uh, world's first. But um, man, it was great. It came together awesome. It was Friday the thirteenth. That'll be soon. Have you seen the trailer on? I did. Yet? I was going to say I just watched it yesterday. When it came out. <laughs> It looked great. I was really, really impressed with how good that thing came out. The, when you're when you're there, uh, for, for anybody who's never been to a wrestling show, what you see from the seats isn't what you see from your couch. Right. And so when I, I, I was there that night and watched what I, I know happened and then see the beautiful footage put together that brings a, uh, a different view to it, I thought it was great. I thought it looked awesome. And the guy, uh, Cody Huskins, who played Jason, was amazing. Yeah, that was pretty cool, that whole segment. I won't give it away for people. To, people need to go watch that when it comes out. But um, Yes, yes. The trailer's now on YouTube, so go check that out. Uh, Rush Wrestling. You should come across some of the promos beforehand, but you should see the trailer for Friday the 13th, and uh, it was great. It was amazing. They uh, uh, It was on Friday the 13th of March this year, and uh, one of the themes was they wanted to obviously make it a Friday the 13th themed, so they had one of the nation's uh, uh, number one uh, Jason cosplayers come. And he was great. Nice. He was absolutely amazing, too. I don't know if you got a chance to meet him, but he was just I didn't super know. nice guy. Yeah. yeah, he was great. He had built his own costume, and it was amazing. I met pretty much everyone else because um, some of them went and did a show, came and did a show in Bristol the next day. And oh. I, ended up, I ended up helping out at that one, too. I worked with Axton nice. and Shane and JDL and some of those guys at that one. Dylan McQueen was there. So oh, that, was, that was a lot of fun. Dylan is amazing. Yeah. Those guys are <laughs> Um, this is the second or third show I've got a chance to either, because um, uh, Outlander Media Network has paired. That's how we end up meeting some of those guys uh, through Chris Bell, who uh, you yeah, know. Yeah, I love Chris. Uh, yeah, he he's got uh, uh, wrestling ties and he's hosted some shows, and so Outlander has sponsored a few shows for uh, some of the other indies uh, organizations around, and that's where we had met Shane and Menace and a couple of those guys, and that's how we got them on board with Rush Wrestling. But uh, uh, I would say we, like I had anything to do with it, uh, <laughs> but uh, riding coattails as always. But uh, some of those guys are great. I'm a big Shane Andrews fan. He's awesome. Yeah, I was working. Uh, I was laughing with um, Jessica at the event because you know her and I graduated high school together. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's so, yeah. awesome. Yeah, Jessica <laughs> basically is the, the brains behind uh, uh, Outlander Media Network. I say brains; it's almost an insult. They do so much. She and Terry do so much more. Oh yeah, than just She's, brains. Yeah. Calls the brains is a, a bit of an insult to what they actually do. But uh, that's great. I didn't know that. She's awesome. I love Jess. Yeah, we were laughing because it's like, who would have thought when we graduated that we'd be in Clinton, Tennessee, putting a wrestling ring together? You know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, at a really cool armory. That roof was amazing. Yeah, just this little armory gymnasium with this beautiful cathedral church like wooden roof 
I uh, if it's cool with you, I'm just gonna keep talking wrestling with you for a minute. And uh, again, I'm I'm 100 percent in on that, man. I, I love it. It's great. Uh, I know you're a big gamer. Do you do uh, the wrestling games at all? So that's pretty much the only thing is like I've been playing like WCW Revenge and uh, WWF oh, No Mercy. Nice. Yeah, like those are the games that I'll be playing on Twitch and stuff. So oh, okay, nice. So so you do the streaming then? Very cool. Yeah, I just started that uh, earlier this week. So I've, I've spent this whole quarantine week learning how to stream and, and do that sort of thing. So um, Nice. I got lucky. We uh, had a, my son's birthday, 11th birthday, is, is coming up on uh, Monday. And so they, uh, we had planned this big trip for him, go to an arcade, just let him loose, take him out to a restaurant. We got a cabin in the, up on the mountain for a couple of days. And then the world went to shit, and none of that got to happen except for the cabin. Uh, it still meets all CDC regulations. That is still that's just social distancing with hot tub. Yep. So we still did that, and uh, that's where I spent the last few days, and it's been nice, been very nice. That actually does sound really good. It was good. I took the laptop, recorded a little uh, Debbie Radio mini episode up there, and so I kind of practiced myself to learn how to uh, uh, self-produce episodes at home since we may be there for a while. Yeah, that's good. And I was going to say that's so important right now. I was talking to Danny and a few other people about Danny Whitson for people who don't know. Oh. Um, yeah, like we were just talking about learning how to do different things and making good use of this time while we're all sort of in the same boat yeah. here. Um, well, you're doing a perfect example right here, man. You know, you can't do uh, your talk show normally, so you're doing it this way, and that is fantastic. You know, exactly. so you're a prime example of keeping arts alive any way you can. I appreciate that. Um, and I, I mean, again, that's why I wanted you on is because I've just been itching to talk about like wrestling with people. And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> you're the one guy I know how to, to go to with it. But, you know, what era do you grow up in? I know you're younger than me. So what, what's what's your memories? What, what era do you grow up in? So I grew up like I started watching the product. I'd watched it before this, but I remember getting really into it as a kid when the NWO started because I was WCW okay. mostly. OK, um, so your your attitude era, that's your first, yeah. uh, I guess. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, see, I was into I got... it as a kid, and I had some of the figures and stuff, like the old, even the old Hasbro's and stuff. But when Austin became Austin, my mom wouldn't yeah. let me watch WWF anymore. <laughs> mm, he was the best. So, uh, I, but I was already into WCW, so it worked out. So I got lucky with the Hogans and the Andres and the Macho Mans yeah. and that that early '80s uh, watching McMahon eat up all the territories controversial as that may be but uh so I, I got lucky to grow up in that so the attitude era i was already an adult and could do all the dx and i wanted and did yeah. have to worry about our school <laughs> and uh we live both of us really live in a good area for it because you know yeah. i know smoky mountain was there in knoxville it was here in johnson city all the time yep. they used to come through the third episode of wcw nitro ever was at freedom hall in johnson city um, oh yeah i've been going through and watching every episode of nitro as nightmarish as that sounds Lately, no, the th great. yeah, the third. Well, it was for a while, a long time actually, but the, yeah, but towards the end, eh, whatever. But that's also why they went out of business. True. But um, yeah, so I was familiar. I had all the like. I think my first wrestling figure was the rubber. Like the first one I remember getting, like with an allowance, was like a rubber Jacks Shawn Michaels with the red pants. And then I got yeah, Vader as well. The bone crunching actions. Yeah, those were the ones. Yeah. The and they would make little creaky noises. Yeah. And I always I had a British Bulldog that his arm like basically came apart on the figure, but the bone crunching still worked. So it made sense. He just had like a broken arm, you know. So nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, I the first ones I had were, I guess they're about ten inches. Uh, they were made by LJN, LJN yeah, game maker. Uh, they're what's referred to as the dog toy action figures. Yep. Do you know those? Yeah, where they only 
one pose. Yeah, they got the one pose. It's like that thick yeah. rubber. It's yeah, it really is yeah. a dog toy. Yeah, and yeah, they don't yeah, even like, they don't even stand up on their own usually because they're off balance. You'd have to prop them up against something. Yeah, a few like Hulk Hogan had this thing where he would always fall forward because he was in this <laughs> half body slam. Uh, Macho Man would stand up because he would do this thing pretty well. Uh, but they they were terrible, but uh, they they were still great. And then the next thing that I remember was the the I think it's Hasbro. Uh, they're about uh, three to four yep. inches, maybe five inches tall. Hard plastic, and they had like one shitty move, like the Ultimate Warrior you squeezed and, and let go, and he would jump. Yeah, uh, you know, Andre had arms; you would pull back, and he would spring and plow. Uh, and so those are pretty good. I like those. That's the first, I guess, quality wrestling toy I remember as a kid. Yeah, and those are still, like, to this day, like, collectors, like, people still love the WWF Hasbro. Yeah, a lot of retro of those, too. They still release some of the the new incarnations. I've seen those. I know uh, I was working at a uh, major video game retailer for a while who sold a lot of collectibles, and we carried some of that there. Yeah, Um, because, yeah, Mattel started making the retros, and what was cool is that, you know, Hasbro never made, this is just me being a nerd here, they never made a diesel one because he had left the company right as they were producing his figure. He jumped to WCW. Oh, so there was already yeah. a Razor out, but then Mattel a few years ago made a diesel retro to, since they never got to make one before. It's just like a, a cool thing if you're into like, because I'm a big, big, as you can tell, like a big NWO mark. So that's sort of my, oh, that's okay. yeah. So anything Hogan, Hall, Nash, and that whole initial NWO is like right up my alley. So, Nice. I was uh, a fan, again, fan of the NWO. They had a lot of my favorite wrestlers in there. Um, the, the shtick kind of got old, but again, man, it just killed. It yeah. was, it was, it set the world on fire, and you can't uh, really deny that. I have them. Um, I play the 2K19. Uh, uh, I have a universe, and I, I, I use the NWO in my universe all the time. They're some of my favorite heel stables. I, I have, uh, yeah. Uh, custom Hogan that I bought off the downloadable, and then I have you know obviously Hall and Nash, and I love it. I love it. Yeah, I didn't realize as a kid like you. They really did run the story into the ground, but I didn't realize it as a kid. I was yeah, just like, whatever, yeah, this is cool. And then Sting came in and beat them all up. And I was like, whatever, this is cool. But why, I was like why, I said in yeah. my twenties, and one of the things that I struggled with was the is this the we're a whole different organization and we're taking over and that's our championship and that's our, and for anybody who wasn't there, yeah. you know, I go back and see, they, they, they tried to play this thing where it was like a whole different, uh, like a mutiny. And, and we all knew it's the same company, but it just got silly. That, that was silly to me. That was the part that I, if they just came out and went, Hey, we're here, we work for you, but we're running the place like Austin did. Yeah. I would have found that more um, acceptable, but the whole we're a different company and we're coming in and we're doing this, I struggle with that because, again, I, I couldn't buy that as an adult. I was like, no, you're not. No, yeah. you're not. Yeah, it was just yeah. – it, it was too much. It became too many. There became too many people, and then they, they had the wolf pack, the yeah. red and black, and, it, you know. And it, it's kind of like the uh, the Avengers. If everybody's an Avenger, who the fuck is in other teams? Yeah, it doesn't. So yeah. it's it, that 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 becomes a big issue. It's like if everybody's an NWO, who you're riding against there, Bubba? Yeah, there was like it, yeah, there it seemed was, like there was like only two people that weren't in the NWO. It was like Sting and DDP, and it was like it. Everyone else was yeah. <laughs> and even Sting did was it wasn't was yeah. wasn't was wasn't. Um, it made me think. Uh, you were talking about toys earlier. Have you watched the uh, Netflix show, The Toys That Made Us, the I new love that. season? With, yeah. Have you seen the new season with the wrestling toy episode? 
Actually, you know what? I have it. I've been looking for something to watch on Netflix, so that's, that's going to be it. New season yeah. came out, uh, which is a great show. The first season was amazing, but the second season released, and they did uh, one of the things was wrestling toys. I can't remember what else they did this year, uh, but wrestling toys, and they talk about all of them. Um, so you go through the whole, all the way from dog toys to He-Man ripoffs to the current, like the, the Elites and Black Series, which are like highly collectible, super nice figures. Yeah, I'm uh, yeah. I'm really glad you said that because I'm definitely as soon as we get off here, I'm going to go check that out. Honestly, the sister series, the movies that made us is good too. If you're a pop culture geek like me, I kind of am. So that worked because that's. I mean, when I was on your show, that's we mostly we talked a little wrestling, we talked Star Wars, we talked whatever. We were all over the place. It was good though. Yeah, I loved it. I'm a pop culture geek. I I grew up in a great era through the 80s and the, the late 70s and into the 90s where pop culture was amazing and it wasn't the way it is now so you had to treasure what you could get because yeah. it wasn't constantly at your fingertips so uh I, it was a blessing just to have been of the right generation to grow up with um enough entertainment uh much more than previous generations but not so much it was oversaturated as current generations yeah i remember even you know being a kid like you're talking about like now we can you know, if we're talking about collecting figures or whatever, we pretty much know where to go. We can go on eBay. We can do whatever. Try to find. There's still a lot, it's still a lot of fun for me to go hit up a flea market and try to find stuff. Find a chase figure somewhere. Yeah, but like I remember as a kid, I had like a stomach virus, and my dad went to Walmart like in the middle of the night, like while I was asleep or whatever, and he brought back like some Sprite and whatever. But he brought back a Bret Hart action figure. Who at the time Bret Hart was my favorite person like on the planet. So I just remember like just the simple joy of my dad knowing to go when the truck was getting unloaded <laughs> and having to do it that way so that's um, awesome so obviously you were a fan of uh you know you did the great austin impression you may have mentioned this already did you have a specific favorite other than austin even before him growing up you mentioned you came up through the the golden era so i was a big ultimate warrior fan uh that was my guy back in the day uh but um i like i I like a good gimmick i always have i've always been I, i like a good shtick and I'm a big fan of the big bruiser guys. So, like, for me, I was a huge Road Warriors fan. I love stables. Again, that's why I love being a deadbeat of comedy. I love the way Outlander Media Network runs, though, what they do. Um, I, I like the stable aspect. And so I love the Road Warriors and Legion of Doom. I love that. Um, I, I guess uh, Ultimate Warrior, uh, Undertaker, I like the big guys. But when yeah. Stone Cold came along, he changed everything for me. He was just like, that's my dude. Uh, but I, I like, uh, you know, I guess my top five would be Ultimate Warrior. Warrior, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Undertaker, Barry Windham, Sid Vicious. Uh, you know, it's pretty good five there. Yeah, yeah. Like I said I love Sid Vicious was one of my all time favorites. I he was uh, Lord Humongous in the Indies before that, where he would do the the, the post apocalyptic hockey mask, and uh, and I just absolutely love that stuff. I like the big bruisers, the big brawler guys. I, so uh, I've often like hated the fact that a lot of people know Sid just for. Like the promo, I think that he did in WCW, where like he messed up or whatever. I don't know if you know which one I'm talking about, but where he was, uh, he was doing a promo with Holland Nash. It's and terrible. He was saying you're the only half the man that I am. Yeah, and but like yeah, he the was, leg break is the one. Oh, oh man, that's yeah, that's awful. Mm. Man, um, he's got some great stories too. Anybody that's a, a wrestling fan or not a wrestling fan and wants to check out Sid Vicious and the the the, the scissor stabbing, if you Google that, I promise you, you'll get a great result. Yeah, he wasn't Sid- someone to mess like, with. Yeah. Yep. No, no, no. And the funny thing is, like, he apparently wasn't even a wrestling guy. That wasn't his thing. He loved to play softball. He got fired all the time because he would spend more time playing softball than dedicating to whatever company he was working for. 
I, I mean, I knew he jumped around a bit, but I didn't know that portion of it. So that's that yeah, sense. yeah. Softball was his big thing. He would have if he could have made the money playing softball that he made in wrestling. He would have never stepped in the squared circle again. Yeah, yeah. I was I was curious about that because like I'm always jealous of. First of all, I'm jealous that you got to do that Hogan roast. That was before I got uh, to meet you guys. Because I would love favorite. to have done that. That um, was my favorite. But yeah, people like my dad came up through that the golden era of wrestling, so I've always been jealous. He used to, he's, he's the one that got me into it. He used to show me all those old videos and stuff. And back when you could still go to like a local video place and rent like old pay per views and stuff, we'd watch that stuff I, all the I, time. So yeah, because you you had to pay back then. We were dropping you know thirty to fifty bucks a pay per view. Uh, yeah. They were only a couple a year. And, uh, you know, occasionally we would get together with friends and, you know, as an adult, hey, I'll bring pizza and beer if you buy the pay-per-view. Uh, there was no network to spend 10 bucks a month on. And uh, so we would have to do that. And as a kid, I would beg my mom once a blue moon, she would get Survivor Series. I was lucky enough. I remember very vividly uh, Survivor Series, I guess, 90 uh, debut of the uh, Undertaker as Undertaker. Yeah. And I had, she, we, we had bought that pay-per-view. Me and some friends were hanging out, and she actually uh, had been cool enough. So I was very blessed that that was one of the few blue moon moments that she allowed me to order a pay-per-view as a kid. And uh, I got to see the premiere of The Undertaker. I had seen him before as Mean Mark Callis in yeah. uh, WCW. So I knew the the, uh, the wrestler himself, but I didn't know the gimmick, and it was great. He, um, <clears throat> he got pushed pretty quick because within a year, he won the title from Hogan, of all people. Yeah. I mean, that was at a time... Yeah. Nobody pinned Hogan. I mean, Warrior was the only one before that that had really pinned him clean with, for the belt. So yeah, and he well, one of Hogan's thing was you only had pay per views four times a year, yeah. and Hogan didn't show Hogan didn't show up on TV. Unlike Ric Flair, who's you know eighteen hundred billion time champion, because he was out on WCW every week, putting it out, losing it, getting it next week, losing it, getting it next week, and Hogan would show up only once a year for a pay per view. So yeah. it's real easy to keep your championship going when you only show up once a year to defend it. I think um, the the one WWF, um, as it was then, pay-per-view that I remember getting as a kid, I convinced my parents to let me get Survivor Series 97 because I knew Good. that it was Brett's last one, and yeah. I was a big Brett fan. And I knew he was coming to WCW. My dad had kind of kept me in the loop on that, so we ordered it. and I didn't really know what I was watching then. I didn't really realize that it was such a job. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, one of the other uh, uh, blessed moments, again, just as a wrestling fan, to be able to see, uh, was with friends. I was an adult. We had rented the pay-per-view. I don't even know what it, what it is. I have to look. Uh, where Owen died. Uh, uh, we we were there and saw So I saw it live, yeah. first run. Um, uh, uh, did, didn't know what happened at the time. It was kind of crazy. But, uh, yeah, when the Blue Blazer was coming out, all of a sudden, chaos just broke out. Uh, but we would saw that. So, man, those are history-changing moments. I don't remember seeing the screw job live. That's great. Uh, I, I know I remember hearing about it the next day and whatnot, but uh, I didn't watch that one that I know of. So that's a good one. That's great. Well, I had the benefit as a child of still, like, not really being sure what I was watching in the sense that it happened. Sean won. I realized that it was a wonky finish, but I didn't realize exactly what had taken place. I figured... But I don't know what I thought was going to happen because again I knew he was coming to WCW so I guess but once he did the WCW thing with his hand I was like okay so that must have been a work that was like you know spoiler alerts if there's any kids watching that was like my Santa's not real moment that was like my first moment of going oh so there's something going on here that I, yeah, yeah. Did you have you seen the uh, the Vice series Dark Side of the Ring love the it. They yeah. Had on it. yeah love it yeah great I, I watching Earl Hebner cry. 
um, and tell his side of the story was a fascinating aspect that I'd never seen covered before. Yeah, yeah. I um, he did a there's like some bonus footage from that where he talked about like they didn't speak for a long time. He had tried to speak to Brett. He ran into him somewhere, tried to speak to him. Brett said, I don't have anything to say to you. And then finally, years later, they became friends again. So, but yeah, that was, um, that's, I feel like that's probably been my favorite episode of that show so far. The The new Benoit two-parter yeah. was pretty good. The Benoit one was good. I like the Bruiser Brody episode. Again, yeah. that's my era. Uh, Bruiser Brody maybe a little before you, uh, but that was a good one. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm eager to see what else they're doing. I know they're going to do the mass transit exit uh, incident this year, uh, and uh, a few other things. So I'm, I, I love the series. It's great. Yeah. If you're a wrestling fan or not, my wife's not a wrestling fan, and she loves watching the series. So yeah, because it's basically uh, like you're mixing like a true crime show, which people love, with you know some of these wrestling stories. So it's great. Yeah, 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 and it's told so well. It's done. Um, in a, uh, a great documentary style, which I love anyway. Um, great raw footage, um, interviews, got reenactments. Uh, so it, it's it's just a quality series, no matter what the subject matter. It happens to be a subject matter I'm fascinated with, but the series itself is great regardless. Yeah. What uh, I was going to say too, because we're, we're talking about collecting figures. Um, Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins have a podcast where they. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, Zach. I'm sure you know Zach Ryder has a crazy mm -hmm. wrestling figure collection. So, oh, um, crazy! Yeah. I didn't know him as a wrestler. Stumbled across him through some action figure stuff. There you go. Yeah, all together, and now I know who he is as a wrestler. Yeah, that's been my vice lately. Is the major wrestling figure podcast? He's got videos on YouTube. Him going looking for figures and showing his collection, and I'm like, man, what a what a cool deal that is. And he's still super young too. He's been in the business. He's been in WWE almost 15 years, and he's only like 35, I think, just because he got started so young. So that's kind of crazy. But yeah, I love um, I love watching like some of those videos of them collecting and stuff. Uh, do you have? Um, what was your favorite? We'll move on from wrestling after this. Do you have like a favorite figure that you had as you were growing up, like a prize one that you were like, nobody Ooh. touched this? Ooh, that's good. <laughs> mm. I'm not. I'm not a nobody touched this kind of guy. But um, favorite? Ooh, that would be. Hmm. Yeah. Let's see. That that's good. I guess. Um, no, you know, I honestly, I can't think of anything. I, I, I had some so many really good ones, and I, I was a big action figure collector of all sort of things. But uh, I guess if I had to pick one, oddly enough, I, th I think this is one because I, I was always kind of an odd kid, so I, I saw the humor and everything. I have one of the, the LGN dog toy mean jeans. <laughs> And I just, I thought it was the funniest thing at the time to have a mean gene action figure. It's like, what are you going to do with that? You know, it was, uh, but years later, again, I really appreciated the humor in it even more. So, yeah, I would say I've got the, the LJ and the dog toy mean gene who's just standing there and is like with a mic in his hand. Yeah. Uh, so, I, and now that he's gone, especially, I guess that would be it. And I do have a Sid Vicious action figure that I actually was always a big fan of. WCW did these like, they were almost like mini dog toys. It was, it was the, the glue blind, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. They're uh, and they didn't do a ton of them, but I have uh, I actually have Sid Vicious and Barry Windham, uh, who were two of my all-time favorites, even as a kid, and still underrated and very rare at the time. You'd find them in action figures or anything. So I, I would honestly say, I guess uh, uh, those two because I absolutely loved them, uh, just because they were two of my favorites. And I wasn't finding them anywhere else. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that would uh, that would be my my th top three kind of uh, holy grailish uh, wrestling figures. 
Yeah, those are going to be some of the first things I start collecting again are those those jacks, the bone crunching ones, and then mm-hmm. anything WCW. Um, WCW had hit or miss. Some of their actually were terrible. Oh, yeah. yeah. The hard, like a dildo plastic ones. I don't know if you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Those were awful. They were in the, like the LJN position. And they had a button like, on the side. Yeah. Vibrate. Vibrate. Because yeah, at the time, were- I, I bought them because they were WCW. You know, I wanted them. I, I had Raven. I had like Sting. I had Nash. I had like whoever. And then they finally started making some that articulated. And they were the Toy Biz brand ones. But they still weren't great. Right. They weren't really detailed. They were just, I mean... You know, no. whatever. So but now you can get those guys in the elite series and stuff. Now that McMahon owns everything, so yeah. that's good. Yeah, for better or for worse. Yeah. So you know, that's sort of how I'm like spending my time during all this. Uh, what have you done, if you don't mind answering this, to sort of stay busy and stay productive during this weird time that we're in? I have been really blessed. Luckily, uh, I work for a, a call center doing um, customer support, uh, chat-based support. Um, and they are allowing us to work from home. So yeah. um, I have still been working, which is great. I've been able to keep a roof over my head and food on the table, which is not a blessing everyone has right now. Right. So I know that I am thankful and I know I'm blessed. Uh, so that's helped. It's been great, actually, um, here with the family all day. Um, it's been awesome. Um, I've been, um, like I said, on a vacation. We took a little vacation to a mountain for a couple of days. That's been nice. <laughs> but realistically, I, I've been working. I had a couple shows canceled, which suck. Uh, and um, the best thing for me about it is really honestly being able to be here. Even if I'm working to with chat, I have a lot of downtime, which is yeah. great. Um, you know, even at work, we sit and watch, you know, movies and stuff during our downtime uh, because you just go wait for a chat to come in. And so it's been nice to just have the kids run by in the background. Hey, we're going to have a snack. All right, love you. Bye. Bye. And they're gone. So it's not much interaction, but it's a hell of a lot more than I got for, you know, the last 11 years of their life. And so uh, I've been working just like normal, um, minus, you know, shoes and, you know, not putting on anything but sweatpants for a couple days. but that's about it. I want to start getting some Debbie radio episodes on there, uh, especially if I can figure out how to do more of this and record it like you're doing, uh, or just some self episodes, just some monologue thought pieces. Uh, I've been working on some of that, but honestly, man, for me, outside of leaving the house, life has not been that different and the canceled gigs, which suck, uh, but, uh, they'll get rescheduled. Yeah. Uh, the world will recover and life will go on. Well, that's, what's been interesting chatting with you and with Danny Whitson is we, you know, as, what I would call entertainers, you're kind of used to just sort of going with the flow. Um, but yeah. now that, that flow is kind of weird because as Danny said, you know, we make our money off usually off of large groups, you know, getting yeah. groups of people together. We can't do that right now. So that was that was sort of my thinking and wanting to do stuff like this. Is like at least I can produce something in the meantime and then, you know, whatever, when everything gets back to quote-unquote normal, I can get back out there and do another stuff. Because you and I, we were going to do, you know, this on the talk show in Johnson City mm-hmm. and then, you know, I found out a few. I, which, by the way, sorry for not keeping you more informed on that. But um, I knew again, it, you weren't the first. I was like, yep, yep, yep. So I was prepared. Uh, I may be a moron, but I <laughs> see between the lines. So I knew what had happened. Yeah, it's the way we're all having to deal right now. And you know, anybody that depends on a crowd, retail workers, restaurant workers, uh, entertainers. I mean, it sucks right now. I'm blessed that I have a full-time job, but, uh, you know, there are a, a ton of our friends are full-time entertainers, full-time restaurant workers, full-time retail employees. They don't have the options, and it sucks. And, 
uh, it is rough and it, it does suck too because you work hard you look forward to those gigs um, you know as a comedian there's an, a, a far bigger emotional attachment than any other job you you get yeah uh, and so i had a couple of headlining gigs booked and so i've had those shit upon so we'll we'll see if they how rescheduling goes when the world turns back on yeah man well real quick we may have already mentioned this and i've got like i said i've got you know some stuff up on the screen here but remind people where they can follow you find you and check out stuff you're doing or working on so cool. Well, I appreciate it, man. So, obviously, anything Outlander Media Network is a great way to tie to me, and you can find that at Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. Um, I specifically host Deadbeat Radio. Um, there is a, a EDM show, Dead Beats Radio, so uh, uh, you'll, you should know the difference. Uh, one is just a jackass and a microphone. The other is a jackass, a microphone, and a turntable. Uh, yeah. And so, <laughs> so um, Dead Beat one word, radio, second word. Uh, you can find that on Facebook. Um, you can catch the episodes on Spotify, uh, other places uh, where you find podcasts in general. It's just a, a basically a talk show like this. Uh, you know, Redneck Rogan is the, the joke we like to throw around. <laughs> um, and so you can check that out there. Uh, I'm Lance Adams. I'm real uh, open about it. You know, if you think I'm even remotely interesting, shoot me a friend request on Facebook. Yeah. I don't do a lot of uh, other social media because I'm kind of old and Abe Simpson-like. Uh, a matter of fact, Terry just made fun of me because I, in a recent episode I recorded, I, I used the, the phrase "send them an Instagram." Apparently, that's the wrong verbiage, and so Close he was enough. like, "Send them an Instagram." I was like, "Is that not right?" He was like, "It's so on brand for you." So uh, um, I don't do a lot of social media outside of Facebook for me personally, but I'm very open and and uh, not private at all. So please uh, come find me there. Uh, and then I do uh, some work with uh, some beard groups doing uh, beard competitions and some things like that around. So you can find uh, that at kind of info at Marble City Whisker Society uh, for anything locally, East Tennessee, um, a lot of great clubs around. But you can follow me personally on Facebook, Debbie Radio, anywhere you get a podcast, Outlander Media Network, same. Um, just hit me up, man. I'm real easy to find and uh, pretty open about all of it. Cool, man. Cool. Well, I've enjoyed this sort of the Nate Show Deadbeat Radio collaboration here. This is nice, man. This has been fun. And again, I appreciate that. It's good working with you too. And again, any chance I can get to talk wrestling with someone that you know will talk it back with me. I'm, I, you know, I may, you may get a call from me at three in the morning sometime soon, just saying, hey, what would you think about when Hogan did this or whatever? I don't know. So, I'm in again because I lived all that the first time. <laughs> I was an adult. Well, you're going back watching the WCW Nitro episodes. Like I said, I was already an adult by that point, watching, enjoying. So I can give you uh, maybe a different uh, a perspective on some of the things you're not catching. But yeah, man, I love it. I, I love talking wrestling. It's uh, it's one of my favorite things. Even though I don't currently watch anymore, I still love it. I'm kind of with you. I don't. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I keep up, but I still prefer the old stuff to the new stuff. I know that kind of. That's. I guess that's my transition into getting older. Is now I'm I'm that guy now. That's like ah, oh, the new stuff sucks. I got to watch the old stuff. So. But yeah. But yeah, man. So uh, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Oh, I started saying, man. I said anytime. I'm always open for that conversation. Cool, man. Well, again, I appreciate you you being on here. It's always good chatting with you and working with you. And uh, hopefully, when you know all this blows over, I get to see you at a roast or something soon. So can't wait, man. I'm really looking forward to the world recovering, and I hope it recovers well. I hope we all blow the fuck up. I hope when this is done, things boom, and we all become '80s Reagan rich. Yeah, man. I'm I'm believing it. I'm ready for it. So. 
Yeah, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks again for being thank on. Up. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Again, when this comes out, uh, send me the link. We'll definitely post it all over the uh, Debbie Radio page. But I um, mean, thank you for having me. I know you got a great audience. You do such good stuff. You you got such a great hustle, man. Thanks. I see you doing the podcast. I see you do the talk show. I see you do uh, you know your acting. Uh, I get super jealous of the hustle, man. I've said <laughs> so. Happy to be uh, here and share a little st- time with you. No, I appreciate. It. I really do. That means a lot. I appreciate that. Thanks, Nate. Yeah, man.